Today's sponsor is Sonos. Sonos is offering the listeners of Mr. Robot 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any product on Sonos.com. This offer is available for a limited time only and cannot be combined with other discounts or promotions. Use the promo code ROBOT10, that's capital R-O-B-O-T-1-0, at Sonos.com to receive this offer. Every day we change the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything, it's slow, it's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast from Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are talking about Season 3, Episode 4 today. It's titled Episode 3.3 underscore Metadata Part 2. No, Part 2. Not Part 2. Yeah. It was very confusing. I looked at the title. I'm like, did I miss Part 1 of this episode? Yeah. And then I, I realized, oh, it's not Part 2. It's Part 2. I had a similar similar reaction. Uh, so for people who don't know, part two is a parody archive volume, as it's called, which is basically a file that tells you how many files are supposed to be in an archive, um, and it allows you to download only the files that you're missing, so you don't have to re-download all the files, uh, in the case that you don't have some of them. That's pretty much it. I don't really know how it relates. I think more, uh, the metadata part is going to relate to this episode. Although I will say that this does feel like an episode where... There is a lot of moving pieces. Yeah, I'm missing part one. So <laughs> that, yeah, we're 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 missing a lot of the pieces. Like clearly, Darlene's got a plan that she's putting into execution, and we see the hows. But we don't know the whys or the wheres or the whos. Um, we know that uh, Angela has some sort of multifaceted plot going on with <laughs> Elliot. Philip's got some kind of plan. Philip's got his head up his ass. I don't think Philip's got anything going on right now. No, Philip. If Philip doesn't have anything going on, he's an actual idiot. I think that because White true. Rose last episode told him Angela's in my pocket, and now he's going to do Angela a favor, um, or at least he promises to. There's no way that Philip doesn't have that ringing in his mind. Oh yeah, as I he guess promises to fire. I guess Elliot. if I were Philip. I would not comply with that request. This man because... has not gotten to where he is by being an idiot. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> but I do, I mean, but I think that, you know, why do powerful men and women fail? Because they get complacent. Because they get used to the power. They get used to being able to flex and make problems go away. And That's they one get, reason, yeah. And they get they get careless. And I feel like, you, you, I mean, you're right. Like, I guess if I were Philip, I would not do, I would do the opposite of what Angela wants because that's... Promote him. Because he thinks that that's what, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Elliot's right. got to be the C, the C, the CIO, <laughs> and that's really going to uh-huh. piss off uh, Tyrell. Tyrell's got, I think he's going to try to assassinate Elliot. Oh man, if using the him... Dark Army, but why would? Yeah, what? Why would Indiana's largest underground? No, why? Why? Why would White Rose go back that plan? Because she seems to think Elliot is mm-hmm. the red wheelbarrow in this equation. I mean, this is this is just there's all this stuff swirling around, and like yeah. also the Reddit, the the Reddit exploded this week with all kinds of crazy theories. Well, uh-huh. I don't even know crazy theories, interesting theories to, yep. to discuss. I feel like this this week it really, and I don't know if just my attention to it and my interest level in it really skyrocketed, but I thought this episode really brought the season. Like you said, put it in full tornado mode. You know, yeah. I was it's, gonna say, I, like, you, there's you, so much shit going on. I thought you say brought in a focus. I'm like, no, 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 no. 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 Uh, yeah, no, it brought it to like a new height of 
of wow essentially full, it's, it's it brought the full shit show status <laughs> no it's not a shit well, show i mean okay, oh, okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. i'm just it, saying that there are so many balls in the air right where do you look yeah you know? as a viewer you really don't like you really don't know who's on whose side yeah who's fucking who like they give us some clues like there's the way they structured uh irving scenes mm-hmm. where yep. we know half of each puzzle but we know how irving played them both so yeah. we kind of know that like the the half that we aren't sure of is probably a lie mm-hmm so I mean, there's some some clues there. Uh, I yeah, cause I I don't know how much we want to just talk in the preamble. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really great episode. Um, I was engaged start to finish. Yeah, uh, and and every character seemed to be doing interesting things. This yeah. episode, I really like the end. You know, Mr. Robot ha- does a good job usually crushing endings, but like Darlene mm-hmm. uh, sp- springing her trap or implementing her. Get out of whatever strategy and le- and leaving her her brother her the photo of the family and the the way they composed that shot where the destination was in focus the whole time as they're playing this everything means nothing to me yeah I thought was really 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 awesome it was it was cool um, maybe we should start at the beginning yeah uh, the, the other thing is just structurally um, I was worried as much as I enjoyed the Tyrell episode last week that they were going to lose a bit of the momentum from the cliffhanger for the, you know, Elliot Ransat or Elliot getting into Darlene's apartment. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that wasn't much of a cliffhanger. And I felt like yeah. within a minute of the episode, I was right back into that. So, like, it, they really got away yeah. with even the minor setback that like it didn't that there was no setback in, in my opinion so like yeah uh, to, to me the the thing that really made it work is that the audience had a lot of questions that we wanted yeah. answered and that episode served as an answer to a lot of those things yeah. you know it's just i think it was a bold choice because i felt like that's a decision that could have blown up in esmail's yeah. face and it's something that like is so against the conventional wisdom of how to tell a story that it's kind of like you know, NFL coaches going on it, for, go, going for it on fourth down. It's like uh-huh. if you win, you're the hero, but if you lose, everybody's like, "Well, fuck, of course you win." Yeah. You turned over on downs, you dumbass. You should have kicked the field goal. So <laughs> I, I, I kind of respect when people take those choices, and you know, they they succeed or they fail, and, and seem like a most succeeded this week. Yeah, and I, it's definitely something I've criticized other shows for, um, not to name names, but in, right. in recent history. Uh, but I, I think there are times when it works and times when it doesn't. And in my opinion, this one worked. Yeah. Um, and it didn't It didn't cut the legs out from under this episode, certainly. Indeed. Hey, uh, some housekeeping before we get further into the episode. We just released a podcast on the latest Thor movie, Ragnarok. Uh, the free version contains our general ideas of the movie and some discussion of upcoming movies. The spoiler-filled version for the club members uh, has got the spoiler-filled version. Yeah. Uh, you know we do Mr. Robot. We, we we are also doing The Walking Dead. We're also doing American Horror Story. We just got finished last weekend. We did we did coverage of all of Stranger Things mm-hmm. season two. All nine episodes have a podcast for each. We're collecting feedback to to do a wrap up for season two next week, which is coming. Um, we also released a quip, um, the quit your pitching bonus audio for club members. Uh, we probably do for a, a bald move TV. I just finished the uh, like the yeah the I think deuce. next week. Yeah, it's, it's feeling like there's a bald move TV storm a brewing, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's about time to do one. Uh, what else? I know that we, I, I there might be a movie in between, but the Justice League is coming out in two weeks. Yeah, we're definitely going to be seeing that first run. 
Um, and uh, just tons of stuff. It's all at baldmove.com. Oh, super important. If you are in the southeast, if you're anywhere near Huntsville, Alabama, we're going to be at the Rocket City NerdCon uh, doing some a variety of panels. We're going to be dressing up as Roose Bolton and Walter Frey and playing a little real, an, an alternative reality game called The Red Wedding. Uh, and doing some panels and meeting and greeting fans all weekend long. This weekend, tickets still available, rocketcitynerdcon.org to get the times, the dates, the locations. We'll be there. Come out and say hi. Come come, come see us. Uh, we'll be doing a live podcast. It's going to be a, a good time, rocketcitynerdcon.org. Okay, why don't we get into the recap? We start with Darlene busting a girl who's stolen her wallet. She takes her family photo back but lets her keep the wallet. Uh, all she cares about is that one, and and while she's doing it, she's saying, "Oh, you know, I've I've caught, I've stolen from you, I've stolen from that old lady over there, and that dude over there, uh, and I even killed a lady." <laughs> and she's feeling real shitty about the five nine stuff and her involvement in it. Yeah, it's funny because I I thought the whole time I was watching this, like Darlene's being menacing, and I'm like, "Am I buying this? Is Darlene really menacing?" And I guess I think she's menacing to a teenager. Sure, yeah. Who's if, if trying to pick her pocket. If that's John Rambo, probably not right. as menacing. Right. She's not quite like Jules sitting there with his bad motherfucker <laughs> uh, uh-huh. waiting for you to pick it up. But uh, she does She does the job considering the target that she's that she's targeting. Yeah, I really enjoyed Darlene this episode. I thought um, the performance was really good and the character was uh She does a lot with not much. Yeah, because she mm-hmm. she just really has like a mostly this kind of like blank, tough uh, exterior that like I guess makes it win a, like a, that that does crack in places and makes it even more effective. Yeah, but she's just got like this just like ninety percent of the scene she's just got this dead eye stare. I guess Angela's the same way. Mm-hmm. Uh, hell, Ellie. I mean, like most <laughs> of the non Tyrell, non Mister Robot characters are kind of that way. Yeah, they they're not demonstrative. Um, so we're not quite sure what Darlene is on about here. It seems like maybe she's about to, to get hard, you know, like this is who I am. She flops those sunglasses down on her face. I wonder, to me, she is setting the stage for her to, to, to disappear. And like, I don't know if she's setting up herself to fake her own death because Mm -hmm. that's, that's another theory that like Darlene's going to die in a plane, a, a plane crash. Or at least stage her own death because, <laughs> you know, she's going to like like if, if I'll make this case as we as we go through the episode. But here she's making a very memorable encounter with the lead of the F society that if she goes missing and her face is splashed on the news, this young woman will remember that and tell the story of this person behaving erratically, which will feed into the narrative, I think, is what's happening. Hmm. Okay. So that's stage. That's step one. As I see the others, I'll call it out. All right. Uh, it's certainly, I guess, off off script as far as what White Rose wants to try and do here. Uh, sure. I think that's interesting that that she's because she's all about not necessarily knowingly um, working against White Rose's the the spin that White Rose wants to put on this, but definitely is. Yeah, because um, if, if you're talking Ro- about Rose is wa- wanting to pin this all onto the Iranians, right and, right, and and put up that giant smoke screen. Yeah, which would not work if Darlene gets outed, right? Uh, so we see Elliot's portion of the scene from last week, and and a lot of Dom's as well. Uh, essentially, a replay uh, of that final scene 
where he finds Dom's base of operations while he's talking about metadata and what that is. Um, essentially, it's the, the the data that comes with the data you actually want that describes where it was created, how it was created, when it was created. Um, Darlene comes home, and Dom warns her that Elliot is inside, and she goes inside where Elliot tells her that he knows she hacked him, and she explains that she did it because she didn't trust Mr. Robot, and he says he needs to show her something. Um, yeah, meta- metadata. That's important, I guess. <laughs> I'm having a, a little bit of trouble connecting it to the overall picture here. I think it's just um, like showing like how... I mean, there's a lot of ways you could take this. The fact that this show uses a lot of sideband um, communication to communicate with sure. its fans about the show, meta about the sh- uh, uh, you know meta is not not the thing; it's the the, the thing about the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and also that there's just so much stuff going, you know, uh, behind the scenes uh, on this episode that is not the plot. But it's, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like... And then most like, people don't even know it's there. Yeah, maybe. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 hidden unless you know where to look. Like, I, I mm-hmm. feel like I can, I, I see where S-Mail is going with the title. I just, I, yeah. I'm i having a hard time putting it into words. Sure. Um, I, I also enjoyed this scene because I honestly, I, I, I try to figure out, like, how do we know when it's Elliot versus Mr. Robot? Yeah. And since they are establishing ground rules, like Angela says, I can tell by looking in your eyes and when you make eye contact, like that they're sure to fuck with that and probably fuck with our ability. But like, you know, we start off with Elliot's voice, which is to me a dead giveaway that we're watching, you know, Elliot, not Mr. Robot. But when yeah. he was interfacing with um, Darlene, I felt like it was a very Mr. Robot line of questioning, like getting up in her face and getting that fit, close physical contact and kind of semi-threatening. Mm-hmm. And then she reminded him of the him hurting her, and like then it seems like it snapped back to Elliot. And I wonder, like, do you think there'll come a day where they play with the idea that we, as his, you know, quote unquote friend, will not be able to tell the difference between Elliot and Mr. Robot? Yeah, potentially. Um... I'm a little worried about getting back to that place where I never quite know who is and isn't real at any given moment. Um, I think the the distinction between Mr. Robot and Elliot is sometimes blurry um, because they ultimately are the same person, right? I mean, right. there are different aspects of Elliot's personality, right? but they ultimately are both Elliot. So, yeah. like, where can Elliot in his worst moments become Mr. Robot? Uh, without actually becoming Mr. Robot, you know? Can he act like Mr. Robot? And I feel like this is one of those scenes where it's still Elliot in there, but Elliot has the same responses and the same physical presence as a Mr. Robot. It's just only when he gets very angry, and this is a moment where he gets very angry. Yeah, I guess that's... Because he feels betrayed by his sister. I guess that's... uh... That's a fair point. And but your, it's hard to tell, you know? I mean, are they going to fuck with us? Yes. The answer is definitely yes. Seems like I'm not I'm not, not wanting them to fuck with this. I guess uh-huh. my thing is, like, when they do fuck with this, I want it to, in retrospect, be like, oh, yeah, that was worth my time. Sure. Like, I was, yeah. you know, I, I, I was successfully had a con pulled, or it told me something that I didn't know about Elliot and the situation, and not just, like... You know, a reveal. Like, that's what the, the prison reveal felt like, a, a reveal for reveal's sake. Now, I did... 
because you know we wondered like what would it be like if you were just like a contemporary watch and binging and not reading reddit and i did get a couple emails one recently this week which made jog my memory where a person in the off season reported like yeah i watched it i binged it and i had no idea it like blew my mind okay when the walls sure. turned into the prison and his mom turned into prison guards it's like kind of and and i've yet to hear someone say the opposite where it's like oh yeah i was watching it was super obvious and i was just like fucking bored like i it seems like the case where <laughs> reddit and the internet and the hive mind is degrading your enjoyment because you know it seems obvious like this carefully constructed plot seems retrospectively obvious um yeah and i'm usually i try to be conscious of that fact that i am like embedded in this show in a way that most people aren't like yeah so like there are casual viewers so it turns out like if if uh let's say you know darlene fakes her own death or dies in a plane crash mm -hmm. the, is that dumb because we correctly interpreted the subtle foreshadowing or is it hack because everyone saw it coming when everyone is essentially three people on the internet the, the, that communicated <laughs> millions of people on the internet right I, I i don't i don't know the answer to that yeah, it's tough. I mean, this is something we've been talking about for what five years now. Yeah, in but it's like it's television. It's so it came in such sharp relief for me last year because, mm -hmm. like, you had Mr. Robot and Westworld. Yeah, and they're doing the exact same things, but we liked Miss the Westworld because in the end they managed to eke out a surprise or two, mm -hmm. even with everything, even with essentially playing their cards all face up. Mr. Robot did the same thing and was panned because, oh, well, pff, it came out exactly like we, we interpreted the signs exactly, we read the foreshadowing correctly, and there was no additional <laughs> surprise. So it's like, it's all about can you maintain that element of surprise? And I don't know that's fair Yeah, uh, for storytellers. It's like it's like playing the lottery. You're not, getting, you're not getting credit for your skill or cleverness in telling the story. You're getting credit based on how well your attacker did at defeating... How well you can obfuscate what you're yeah, trying to actually yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, Right. So, like, I, I don't know. I mean, I will say that, like, well, I mean, that's the thing. I guess I'm trying to think, like, this far into the season, there's less of that. But then again, like, the the really popular theories are gaining a lot of steam. The Darlene plane crash theory, mm -hmm. um, the White Rose building a quantum computer to hack Bitcoin <laughs> theory, which I don't like very much. I don't think I do either, but. We'll talk about it, certainly. Uh, you know, we're at four episodes in, those are pretty well-developed, and to turn out to be mostly true, I mm -hmm. wonder if there are going to be a lot of people like, you know, boring. Said, well, you read the last chapter. Right. You saw yeah. the butler did it, and then are surprised <laughs> that the butler did, in fact, do it. Uh-huh. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm with you there. Uh, this guy obviously has Elliot pegged, um, her Dom's partner here. Because he says, I never trusted his bug eyes. You and me both, dude. Yep. You and me both. You see those bug eyes? They're up to something. Yep. Uh, I was surprised to see that Darlene has an E-Corp calendar in her house. I don't well, know why she would have that, but... It's, it's it, this FBI safe house, so it's not like she picked out the decor or anything. Yeah, but I feel like Darlene goes in there and just tears that thing down. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to live here, but I'm going to decorate it. Yeah. And it's just going to be F society everywhere. <laughs> Maybe she's just grimly accepting her her uh, her fate, her imprisoned state. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe so. Okay, we go over to the status meeting, um, the update, where Irving tells Angela how Red Wheelbarrow gets the ribs so juicy. He also says they're moving ahead in ten days with stage two, 
Angela wants assurances that no one will be in the building when they blow it up, and Irving says arrangements have been made. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. 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 Okay, we got we got the emergency evacuations <laughs> coming out our ass. Yeah, no problem. So fast, it can be called an emergency evacuation of its own. Hey, yo. I mean, yeah. I, <laughs> Rodney. I don't believe uh, I don't believe this guy. All right, then she asks if uh, White Rose ever showed him what he showed her. Irving says, oh, yeah, no, she showed me. It's, oh, it's, it's great. great. It's Anything's possible. possible. Yeah. Man, women, women to man, who knows? <laughs> hey, I... Yeah, uh, total liar. I mean, Irving, we we spent last episode setting up the fact that Irving manipulates people and tells them right. exactly what they want to hear. So you have to think that that's happening in this scene And if you well. forgot, they give you a parallel structure mm-hmm. uh, with, with Tyrell, uh, Tyrell where he makes demands. Yeah. And Irving, with almost the same expression and verbiage, like, oh, yeah, sure, we'll get you, yeah, Joanna, yeah, Joanna, Ukraine, your kid, no problem. Joanna's fucking got her head sawed off, the top uh-huh. of her head sawed off in some morgue. Yeah, she's and about he 35 knows that. degrees Fahrenheit right now, and he knows yeah. that, so I think you're supposed to use that as a Rosetta Stone to be like this, you know, and, and so the, I guess the big question is, a lot of our sci-fi concepts comes mm-hmm. from the interaction she has with White Rose. And I feel like this calls into question that either Irving Certainly. is not as connected as Angela is or White Rose used some kind of trickery stuff to to get Angela on her side. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes me say no is because there was that brief scene where she shows up at her lawyer's house and it d- did imply that time had skipped a beat or been manipulated somehow uh-huh i mean i that, that's like i you know as i read these theories i try to like cling to the things that i know are true or that were right. obviously yeah. suggested by the show and i give more weight to stuff that acknowledges that and less to more you know that says like you know this thing is all going to be a quantum computer to corner the market on bitcoin I mean, it's not that those don't have support. It's just like they don't have any answers for some of the cornerstone scenes I'm talking about. Yeah. So, I mean, this this throws into question the whole idea um, that Angela was shown anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's perhaps that she was just convinced by White Rose, like they yeah. had a discussion and, you know, uh, she came away from that thinking the White Rose has the answer to undo all this. Yeah. Um, we we really have to, I think, reconsider the the sci fi aspects that we were leaning into because of that scene. Certainly, yeah. Um, now there have been other hints dropped and you know little little breadcrumbs laid out, but I think once you say okay, the cornerstone of that, which I think is Angela's scene with White Rose last season, when, uh, once that's undermined, I think the whole thing has to be brought into question. When is the appropriate time to talk about the various theories that? Uh, account for White Rose's plan. Um, I've got I one mean, we can talk about it back, but I had read it. I, I, I had read. I mean, I was already going to talk about it. I, so what? So uh, to, to me, the top theories right now are some sort of time manipulation or interdimensional sliding kind of mechanism. Uh-huh. Um, she's building a quantum computer. So the I think that's we, one of them. Yeah. And and I think that we've we've talked about the merits of that theory enough that we don't need to. Like, if you want to hear more, listen to the previous podcast. Um, right. The quantum computer theory mm-hmm. that is essentially uh, she's building this powerful quantum computer that uses principles that are uniquely suited for attacking um, sources of, of, of high encryption. One of those things right. could be the whole the whole premise of Bitcoin 
is it's got a very tough uh it, it's got a very tough encryption that you mine bitcoins by essentially in sol- solving this this cryptography question yeah and as bitcoins are pulled out of the quote-unquote ground that equation gets incrementally harder so like the first few bitcoins came out pretty easily now they're it's it's taking quite a bit of computer power and electricity to mine out a single one that is fractionally shared with a lot of people across the the internet and then also the, that the 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 side work from if you don't know about Bitcoin shit I don't even know where to start with Bitcoin because I'm going from like <laughs> Bitcoin is this alternate form of currency that's not backed by yeah. a gov it's not a fiat currency it's not mm-hmm. backed by gold standard its intrinsic value is the fact that it's scarce and it takes um, an oppressive amount of work to develop it mm-hmm. and then because like right now like one Bitcoin is worth seven thousand dollars right. Uh, and I want to preface this with: we are not Bitcoin experts. We are not Bitcoin experts. I, I don't have know dabbled in Bitcoin. Exactly I, how it works. If I had, right. if the if I had bought if I had put the courage of my convictions uh, <laughs> in my I would be I would be a millionaire right now. Like right. no joke. Yeah, because five thousand Bitcoins at a dollar. When I first and, heard yeah. of Bitcoins, Bitcoins were worth about ten cents. Mm-hmm. Next time I thought about buying them, they're worth a dollar. The next time I thought about buying them, and I did, they're worth a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. But I sold them when they were about six hundred, and now they're worth seven thousand. Yeah, holy shit! Um, so, so we talked about how they're mined, and then the byproduct of all this work is also uh, uh, keeping the 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 blockchain, which is this ledger of all Bitcoin transactions going back to the end of time. If you had a quantum computer that could attack certain forms of this encryption, then you could potentially mine the remaining bitcoins, and not only that, mm-hmm. but also be able to manipulate the the blockchain. So essentially, you'd control the world's currency, and you could you you right. have a monopoly on it, and you can make it do whatever you wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I guess the problem with that is that we know White Rose has been working on this for at least twenty years. Right, because Mr. Robot was originally helping with the plan in some way. Right, Right. and Bitcoin is not 20 years old. No. So now it's possible, because everyone's everyone's known for a long time that quantum computer could kind of turn the way we do crypto analysis and and cryptography and encryption like on its head. It would make things Mm -hmm. that are very hard to break now somewhat trivial in certain applications. But... Really, she was she's she's putting all this project and like her her life's ambition is to do quantum computing. I, it mm-hmm. seems a little underwhelming. And also, like even if she's going to uh, corner the mark on a Bitcoin, if someone were to successfully do that, people would just abandon Bitcoin. Sure, it yeah. would be it'd be a, it would be a monopoly money currency then. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why the hell would the whole world just jump on this the suicide pact? Yeah, I mean, the things that are nice about this theory, maybe we should, like, say some of the the, the things it's got going for it, um, is the whole controversy between China and the other powers here, the other 19 or whatever it is, who are backing eCoin. China's backing Bitcoin, right? And that's That's got to be the influence of White Rose. Right. So it would make a lot of sense if China were to back eCoin, or if if that was the plan that China would back eCoin. Yeah. it also provides a James Bondy kind of villain plot that doesn't rely on Doc Brown, Marty McFly, DeLorean yeah. shenanigans. And a right. lot of there's it's a just lot plausible enough. Like quantum computing is possible, certainly. Right. There's there's a lot of people that 
do not like the idea of this turning into Doctor Who. They want to keep it yeah. like, you know, kind of gritty kind of, you know. And I understand that impulse, yeah. Right. And there's another there's there's another theory. Well, the the other thing that that I think maybe undermines it a little bit is this idea that quantum that this gigantic thing that we uh-huh. saw, this machine in the first yeah. episode was somehow a quantum computer that she's building. Right. Uh we're I mean, I'm 99% sure that that is a, a particle accelerator. Right. Because I've seen inside of particle accelerators, that's what they look like. And now someone and a says, quantum computer would not necessarily be that big, right? And it wouldn't sure. require the amounts of energy that we're talking about in a particle accelerator. Not necessarily. And that's what people, like the, the proponents are hand-waving that away by saying, well, a quantum computer might require insane amount of power like to do it at the scale that she wants to do. And it's, it starts to get pretty, like I said, hand-wavy there. Sure, yeah. Um, so we talked about the time travel. We talked about. I'm trying to think. I I know there was one other theory that's that's going around about what she's trying to do, and I'm I'm blanking on it. Hmm. But it seems like the the time travel, uh, interdimensional shifting, and the the Bitcoin are kind of the two leading proponents. Oh, I guess the other weakness of the why is she wanting to move the thing to Africa? Yeah, to the Congo. What? What right. advantage does that give you if you're just constructing something perfectly legal like a quantum computer? Yeah. or I suppose it gives you sovereignty in order to not get it shut down right. when the you know 19 other governments realize what you're doing. Yeah, and those people's like, oh, because she's talking about this mine she wants to start in Africa. It's a Bitcoin mine, but it's also been talked about as a cobalt mine, and like it's... You know, so, so like cornering the market on some of these rare earth materials so you could build these quantum computers more cheaply or more efficiently. But a lot of that same material goes into like a super powerful particle collider. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I, it's, I, I agree with you. This does seem like it's it's one of those type of uh, hadron type facilities. And mm-hmm. I don't see how that has anything to do with quantum computing. Yeah. Like getting um, at the fundamental building blocks of the universe seems like it would have a lot more to do with like science fiction kind of stuff stuff right right uh and and i guess that's the one thing that i do really like about the the bitcoin quantum computing theory is it doesn't lean heavily on these crazy ideas you know yeah that's that's its charm that's its charm right and and i guess i'm I'm one of those people who doesn't mind if it goes in that direction eventually like sure i I don't care like let's go to other planets let's go to other dimensions whatever but in so much as i've seen in this show they haven't done that yet And and they keep it grounded, and this theory keeps it grounded, and I think that is worth talking about. Also, the other charm of it is because, like, we're talking about, well, she's been working on this for 20, 30 years. We know that Zhang, as the defense minister, like, maybe this started as a Chinese defense research project to break uh, Mm -hmm. encryption because that would be nice for a global power to have the ability to just read the, you know, United States emails and, Uh like, look how powerful that ability has been. In the most recent election cycle, yeah. um, the oh, I just remembered the other thing is that White Rose is building a, a computer powerful enough to essentially simulate at like quantum resolution oh, right. the, the universe, the universe <laughs> which is almost the same as time travel. If you sure. can predict the future and then run simulations, well, if I do this, this happens. If I do this, this happens. So she could be like that's a way for her to consolidate her power. And that would make that would mean that she's essentially lying to Angela because mm-hmm. my the way uh, my understanding of this theory is that um, you it wouldn't it would go backwards 
Like you couldn't unfuck things that happened in the past. Now sure. the other thing is like perhaps Angela and Mr. Robot and uh, and Elliot are all inside the simulation. Uh-huh. So from their point of view, they could. It's kind of like Cipher being put back into the Matrix. Now a lot of people, we just got ton, done talking about this barbecue scene where he's talking about how juicy the meat is and how it tastes good. Anything. A lot of people are drawing similarities between that and Cipher's meeting with Agent Smith. I didn't find mm-hmm. that super persuasive. Yeah, there was. There were some other things that. I guess are could potentially be seen as nods nah. to the Matrix, like when the Iranian stooge gets yeah. arrested. It's very similar to Trinity, but it's similar in the way the that camera like, move is similar. It, it, it's it's similar in the way that like cops came in, made him get on their knees, put their hands on their head. Yeah, but then you know he didn't explode he didn't into run up a, the wall. And yeah, <laughs> like a, yeah. like a bullet time bunch of kung fu flipping <laughs> and stuff. So like okay. Tell like like almost any scene of federal agents busting in on someone on a computer looks like that. That's true. Yeah, Bec- and that's why it looks like that in the Matrix until it doesn't. So like mm-hmm. some of that stuff, I I don't know if it's intentional homages or is suggesting that oh it's where everything's in a simulation. But I think that's right. The- but if you're gonna say that okay, my my very similarly filmed Matrix scene is right. is confirmation of my theory, then what do you make of the guy who's talking about interdimensional travel? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Because like, that's definitely in there. That's not even something you need to interpret. The guy fucking says it. So- and that's the big problem I have with the quantum mechanic thing is that it doesn't seem to explain the what seems to be the time shift that Angela experienced, and it doesn't explain like why there are so many back to the future type references that are obvious and like like right in the foreground Mm -hmm. type of things like there there's a little bit like you know maybe they won't do the science fiction stuff and that that will have they'll have some kind of scooby-doo type explanation for that but like none of those theories completely explain all the facts in the way that like the time travel one does like particle collision collider massive energy wanting to build an even bigger one, needing a bunch of exotic materials, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the 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 weird time shift Angela experienced last season, the Back to the Future references. Like, there's not much that, that, that directly contradicts that other than people like, I don't like, I don't like getting too Matrix-y or too Back to the Future-y <laughs> in, my, in my Mr. Robot. Sure. And yeah. that's like, well, tough titty, it might be coming. <laughs> maybe, or maybe not. Who yeah. knows? I, yeah. I think the one thing we can say for sure is that White Rose will use whatever device that she's constructing right now to make an even better rib at the red wheelbarrow. Oh yeah. I think maybe I that's think it. It's just all like rib armed, technology. armed with the, the special blend of herbs and spices that the Congo has. Uh, I just think it's stuff we can't get here in the U S or even in China. Yeah. You, you got to think about that. Too. That reminds me. Cause like, there's also, there's so I'm not even talking about the theories that are just laughable. Like there's this one guy that's going on about, like every little thing is another piece of red yarn that goes to Charlie Day's crazy conspiracy board. Like, <laughs> right. oh, they're eating ribs. Uh, Adam and Eve. Adam, Eve was constructed from a from a rib. <laughs> Just pre associated. Uh, Angela and Elliot. A and E. Adam and Eve. Like, uh-huh. what the fuck, dude? Come on. Yeah. Like, there, like, <laughs> there's three bla- breaks in your logic train just in that sentence. Yep. You know, it's like, okay, well, we'll gender bend Adam and Eve, and we'll assume that a conversation over a rib joint means it's like some kind of Genesis creation myth story. And like, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I I laugh out loud when I read that stuff, but I don't I don't put any any stock or credibility in it. No, no, of course not. Uh, The one. So we've we've been on the scene for a very long time, but I think the one other important thing it does is throws into question the idea that um, 
or or it brings up the the idea that maybe one of the people who we know is in the ecore building at any given time could be killed um because you know angela asks him like hey have you made arrangements to get everybody out of the building mm-hmm. uh irving says yes we know that's probably a lie um and that Elliot might, works there. Elliot's has probably in, not going to get fired. Right. Um, he might He might even potentially, when he finds out, hey, this is happening over the weekend, go in to try and stop it somehow. Yeah, and that's... Uh, uh, could he end up getting... I mean, he's not going to get killed in the explosion, right? Mr. Robot is no. over if he gets killed. But I would think could so. Angela... Well, I mean, I was going with the idea, like, a lot of people are saying, like, well, Angela's now finally showed her cards that she is trying to stop Elliot from doing this thing. Yeah. I'm not so sure because, like you said, you just you just gave an alternate reason why she would have Elliot fired and barred from the property because she's concerned that he'll be in there trying to stop it as it blows up. Yeah, I don't I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think Angela is trying to get him fired because he'll stop the plan if mm. if they don't. I don't know. She's um, got a lot of complicated looks on her face as she gets good yeah. and bad, quote-unquote good and quote-unquote bad news about the state of the project. And I do think she cares about him still, certainly. Um, I just don't but, know. Do you, so you think she's working for Mr. Robot and yeah. the Dark Army more than she's for, working for For White for Rose, Elliot. more specifically, yeah. So, With whatever, so whatever she's, she's given. So she and so she's so you're you're saying that she's killing two birds with one stone. She's preventing Elliot from doing further damage to the plan and protecting him right. from physical harm. But I could see a scenario in which Elliot goes in and she goes, "Oh no, this thing's about to blow." And so she gets killed, and she goes in. You and think Angela's expendable? Yeah, yeah. At this point, um, I do. But I don't know how that's. I don't know. Play she out, seems so. like I would have thought until like like I said, the end of last season really changed how I felt about Angela as a character. I feel mm-hmm. like that her and Elliot are bound in the plot in a way that nobody else really is. They both had the experience with their parents. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're literally yeah. mirror images of each other. Mm-hmm. Darlene may like, I think Darlene's super important, but like I I could be open to the idea of Darlene dying, but like Angela and Elliot seem like there's something important to them, and I would be surprised if she left the se- the series this early, but who knows? Yeah, the only characters I think are completely guaranteed to be around until the end of this show, or very close to it, are Elliot, Mr. Robot, and uh, White Rose. Mm-hmm. I think those are the, the main players that pretty much can't die until the end. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's move on. Um, Elliot shows Darlene all of the research he's done to track down Tyrell and the Dark Army. He hasn't turned them in, though, because part of him wants to see where all this leads. Darlene asks Elliot to help her find them and end it once and for all. And he agrees, and he sets her up in Shayla's old apartment in order to watch him and and then tail Mr. Robot when he goes out. Um, yeah, so... <laughs> I don't know that I buy that he could have sent all this information over to the FBI and it would have been over. A, because I just think White Rose is too powerful for that. And B, because we know the director is in White Rose's pocket at this point, you know? Right. Um, I did think it was interesting that Darlene explains, hey, you could have just sent all this stuff in. And yeah, it is that easy. And then by the end of the scene, she's saying... Uh, let's not turn this in. I'm going to help you figure this out. Right. We're going to track them down ourselves. Right. Uh, I, I don't know. She's sending conflicting messages there in that scene. Yeah. Um, but it, but it's interesting, I guess. Um, the most interesting part of this scene is Elliot um, saying he wants to see some part of him wants to see where this leads. Right. Because that tells us that it's not all Mr. Robot pushing this forward, right? Yeah. 
Because well, I, mean, I don't think the part he's talking about is Mr. Robot. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I think you're also right that, like, Mr. Robot is not an alien entity. Yeah. Um, it is It is within, like, you know, Elliot, Elliot the set of Elliot contains Mr. Robot it in does. his entirety. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know. Like, it, it could be, like, that's just literal, like, or not literal. Like, this is shit. I don't even know. This. <laughs> it's hard for me because, like, is he when he says that he knows that Mr. Robot because he's made this point himself like Mr. Robot's me and I'm Mr. Robot when he says that is he just trying is is he he's self aware enough to know that he's grappling with his inner nature mm-hmm. or is is he saying that like I don't like lack the willpower to to stop this I want to see it through on some subconscious level I'm always interpreted like how literally are we to interpret his words. Yeah, are we supposed to understand like Mr. Robot. what he's saying on a on a you know audience level, or are we supposed to say that he understands exactly? Yeah, what he's like Mr. Saying? Robot might be a construct that just allows him to do things outside his society's moral envelope mm-hmm. and have like a plausible deniability. Right, like the Elliot's yeah. really kind of an evil asshole. Um, but we, I mean, like we all have that evil asshole inside of us, right? But something stops us, like, ah, sure. well, I'd hate for that to happen to me, or tried to hate to get caught, or like, and, and Mister Robot's a way for him to override that impulse, yeah, uh, without any kind of argument or just compartmentalize it. Um, the psychology and the mechanics of it are kind of, are, are pretty fascinating. Yeah, and at the end of the scene when he says, you know, whatever he does, it's not me. Um, that that was a sad moment for me because yeah. you know it's got to be rough having this evil personality or this part of you that you can't quite control you know right um, it's it's not just like oh elliot's elliot's bad because he is mr robot and mr robot is doing all these horrible things because there is also that big part of elliot that doesn't want to do these things yeah he's being dragged along by the worst impulses but it makes you wonder like this moment of weakness he has where he puts his head on the desk in this upcoming scene and angela catches him yeah is <laughs> that, a mo- that was that a moment of weakness or a lapse in his concentration or is that deliberate like lowering of his guards because he wants to get caught or Sabotage, he wants yeah. he, he's uh, that that's the the way that his whatever the mr robot part of him is is trying to to keep the elliot part of him honest i don't know that's the thing like hard you, to know. you really don't know and and you know there again like that's what the more annoying things about the prison is not only was it you know was it review was it worth it was it mind blowing whatever but like it makes like this shit that Elliot's saying these like monologues and stuff like what what do they even mean they they don't seem like they mean anything because Sam can then completely deconstruct them later and make them say whatever he means like literally the world around us might not even be real <laughs> right um and that's like to the extent that that keeps the since that happens it takes it out of the story right yeah. I suppose so. But it's like now, it's like, yeah, like, is Elliot tired? And I'm as, is he, is this a humanizing him or is this Mr. Robot wanting him to get caught? Like, I, I don't know. Who can say for sure? Yeah, it's tough to say for sure. Um, like we said, I think either episode one or two, they have done some things to ground this season a little bit more mm-hmm. um, as far as like, oh, when is it Mr. Robot and when is it Elliot? Um, and I think. I would probably I'm inclined to say the entire time they've played that pretty straight so far. But like you said, 
you can always go back and change it. Yeah, you right? can always you have can a always flashback say, of Elliot yeah. having this car, and like it's not Elliot; it's now Mister Robot, and Mister Robot has a monologue yeah. saying, "I figured out how to fool you this whole time, and that's what I've been." F-. Right, and I'm you, like, you, you're, "I'm sorry, friends, I've been lying to you again." You know, or like, not sorry, like you know, like Mister Robot <laughs> addresses us, like you've been thinking, you've been talking yeah, to Elliot yeah. this whole season. It's been me, fucking. But until they do that. Yeah, I, I have to take I have to take it on face value. I get it, um, but so, it makes you big, it makes you a bigger sucker, right? What, uh, it, it, I, I guess I don't feel like a sucker at that point. I feel more like uh, it's almost like a, a not a challenge to to the audience, but it's more like a I feel more along for the ride, you know, than if than if I never in the first place. Then I if I know that they're playing with who is and isn't real. Uh huh. Um. And then they say, "Oh, all along, this person has not been real." Right. Like, like they were hinting at with like Tyrell last season. Um, that got very confusing and very annoying to me. Okay. Um, whereas this time they seem to be playing it straight. And if they twist that up later on, I'll then go with it. But it, it's it doesn't make me feel foolish. Well, I, I mean, it doesn't make me feel foolish. It's more like you start. What I guess what I'm getting to the point is that's the danger of that st- type of storytelling is you start it thinking is, yeah. like, why do I care? Okay. Because yep. like all the stuff I'm emotionally engaged in is is <laughs> is not real and I have no way like you said like oh they're setting all these rules about what's real what's not and if they don't respect those rules then well you know like what the fuck. And I that's how I felt at the end of season 2. I, I felt very much like I just think it's funny like I guess I don't have the confidence that they other than like I guess Sam Esmail got negative feedback and why would he do it again but I don't I don't <laughs> I don't see from just looking at my eyes at a story how I know that this stuff is actually realer than last year's prison plot and when sure. I say that I don't mean like the situation Elliot's in like I, I guess how would you feel if you found out that Mr. Christian Slater's Mr. Robot character has been pretending to be Elliot a bunch of times this season. I guess that that would annoy me. Yeah. Because I'd have no way to know that. I suppose so. And they're also telling me the exact opposite throughout the beginning of the season, right? Like Mr. Robot on multiple occasions had said like, oh, I can't see what Elliot's doing. Or mm-hmm. this would be so much easier if Elliot and I were still, still had the relationship we did last season. Right. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess maybe I would feel a little bit betrayed yeah that's more like a you little know, annoyed that that that, that plot mm. twist is more like you know along the lines of the usual suspects and not the the the, the more along the lines of signs but i'm also not nearly not as, conf- signs, as confused in, in this season you okay. know I, it's not up in the air at any given moment and i feel i feel more grounded right now which is ultimately in my mind a good thing okay for this season and it's why i've been enjoying it a lot more than season two all right um, okay, let's let's keep going. The FBI busts a guy who puts on a mask and has a camera, um, and this is the guy we find out who posted the F Society video to Vimeo. Um, we kind of talked about this scene in the Matrix Illusions. Uh, Elliot is then sitting at his desk at E Corp, pondering why the idea of seeing where the plan leads excites him so much. Uh, Angela catches him looking at the shipping manifest and lying about it, and she acts like it's nothing, and then asks him if he's coming to the party. But of course. You know, she takes note. Mandatory fun. Yeah. Love the mandatory fun. Yeah, I've been part of some mandatory fun in my time. Me too. It's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's not as described. Like like meeting with your friends, your work friends after yeah. work for drinks to talk about work, it's fine. That's fun. Telling everyone to show up at fucking Dave and Buster's. Mm-hmm. 
for you know some raw raw that's no that's like uh, it's, that's un, that's unpaid work it's like, called team building yeah team yeah. building but it's you can't you can't <laughs> you can't artificially build a team it's like yeah it's like it's like taking a hammer and banging on an engine and saying you're engineering mm-hmm. like, no you're not you're just fucking banging on like you know it's it's i don't know it's I mean, this this is off topic, but it amuses me that corporations go to these retreats and they go to these seminars and they read these books that essentially describe the situations that healthy companies with healthy uh, work environments experience. Mm-hmm. And they think, aha, if I emulate those behaviors, the underlying principles and foundations will automatically spring. Right. And what they fail to realize is those principles and foundations create those behaviors, those tight-knit teams and behaviors where people want to hang out and have fun, right. forcing them to do that when shit's toxic underneath or haphazard or, or dumb just makes everybody feel like it's, you're, you're in a fucking Dilbert strip. Uh-huh. <laughs> and E-Corp is definitely the, 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 the latter. Yes, E-Corp does certainly. not have principles and foundations and, 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 no. and core values. For sure. Um yeah, and also, man, fuck this guy. Fuck this guy in the cube next to Elliot. Yeah, he's I, the it's worst. It's not a funny character. No. It's not. It's nothing I want to see ever again on the screen. Um, he's already had too much screen time. I don't like it. Yeah, I don't understand what 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 they're trying to advance they're, it's here. It's not adding anything to because the show. at some point it's like it's like look how gross this guy is, but. If he's on every season, or if he's on yeah. every fucking episode, and he gets a mug shot, and he's like, "It's is our like, is he? Sp- or do you think he's gross? I think he's gross, but now you're starting to like really dwell on him, right? I think maybe you he's think not he's so funny. bad. Yeah, he's funnier. Like he's got a point about uh, taking like it. Just no, no. And you can effectively do this kind of stuff, like they did um, a couple of episodes ago, where Elliot was trying to, you know, enact his plan but to get the document shipped, and that was. That was funny. That worked. But These... that's the point. Like, Elliot, we know Elliot has the power to do that. This guy uh-huh. is disgusting. Yeah. And he is cre- he's, he's, he's got to be sexually harassing these women and creating a hostile oh, work obviously. environment. So, but, but it doesn't rise to the level of something that Elliot would, like, you know, Elliot only cares about people manipulating safety recalls and people, people or that child, are. child uh, sex ring proprietors right know, or, but like, i'm just talking about the stuff that he did at e-corp or people that uh, are skimming yeah. profits off or whatever so it's like that's the important stuff what this guy's doing is not that important that's the message they're sending whether they realize it or not and mm. i every yeah, every I, know, I agree with that but okay because i don't think elliot was doing that because these people were bad people i think the reason he was doing it he is to get his e- plan you know to get his plan in place but he to said get that, up to someone who i know he said also that was a side effect that was nice right but he wasn't doing it because of that he wouldn't have done that otherwise he was trying to get his plan enacted i get it but i guess like if you're cooling your heels and you're trying to make e-corp a better place it's it's conspicuous that this guy right beside him who's just a <laughs> right. non-stop sexual harassment lawsuit or worse waiting to happen just gets you know he's just seen as annoying yeah not really anything, destructive yeah i don't know why elliot doesn't do something about it just because he's annoying right right yeah this is the guy like, you don't he... have to take down his life you could just get him fired that's what i'm saying that's what i'm saying like I, i'm not saying that sam esmail 
like is cool with sexual yeah, yeah. Uh, harassers. I'm just saying that like there's a way you can look at that and like it or not, it's somewhat normalizing that behavior by saying these are the things that like a Mr. Robot or an Elliot would take action against, and these are the ones that are just like oh you roll your eyes and like oh well, what are you going to do? What can you do to this guy? Right. Uh, you could not show him on the screen. How about that? Yeah, because I'm done with him. And that's the thing. Like I. That doesn't ring true to my idea. Like, I've been in corporate programming culture, and that, like, it can get bro-y, especially in, like, startups and stuff. But no fucking yeah. way at a place like E-Corp would that behavior be. I, I I don't know. Maybe I'm naive, but, like, I have a hard time believing that that would just be cool at anywhere. If it was Atari in the 80s, yeah. okay, now we're talking. Maybe. Yeah, now yeah. we're talking. But... Yeah, some buttoned-up corporation like this. I don't know. Like, if nothing else, because they're afraid of being sued, Yeah, it's they, they would clamp down on that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so Dom interrogates the guy who uploaded the F-Society video. Um, she gets absolutely nothing until she asks if White Rose is his leader, which kind of breaks his silence here. And he says, F-Society is his leader. Uh, did you get a very White Rosian tone from his voice when he no, finally speaks i didn't holy shit i thought it was exactly white rose's voice huh um so much so that i think they're either i think what they're trying to do is connect this person to white rose which i don't know why they bother because they already did that when you know dom's questioning oh how was it so easy to catch this guy and also when he says dark army or f society is my leader we know that f society is part of essentially white rose's plan so Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know that they needed to do that well they're just trying to connect the f society to iran they already have yeah yeah for sure i think that because because like you know trenton wasn't she i I think i saw on reddit asserted and i didn't bother to look it up that she's iranian too so they've Uh, already got like like actually yeah i think white rose is already taking a tenuous connection and then adding more to make it like and and the fbi is going to go for it like the only one calling bullshit on it is dom yeah the other guy's like white rose that's like what are you gonna worry about morpheus and trinity next right the boogeyman yeah 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 uh whereas you know of course dom i mean is that kind of getting annoying the fact that dom is always right all the time and no one listens to her like this guy's i don't think dirty i think he's just a dumb fuck well the the reason people don't listen to her is because her boss is dirty right like the other examples we have is a guy who's clearly working against her yeah so this is kind of one of the few examples we have of someone who isn't working against her but is so dumb And maybe it's an example of like this is this looks like it's a conspiracy it's like one of those things like yeah, you know the first guy to crack MK Ultra or to start talking about it was a lunatic, right? Sure. Oh, yeah. the CIA is experimenting with mind control <laughs> powers, injecting people with drugs against their will, and trying to say, like, "Yo, okay, whatever, buddy." Yeah, and it's true. Like that's the thing about that's the insidious things about conspiracy theories is they they all sound like nonsense until you assemble <laughs> enough evidence. Right. So, what is a skeptic to do? I guess don't believe in conspiracy theories until there's solid evidence. We could try doing that. But, like, I, maybe they're trying to, like, like Dom is so far ahead of the curve as far as understanding hacker culture. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's also, like, a, a real-life problem because I've heard it's a, opinion, uh, you know, especially nowadays, that America is really far behind, yeah. like, counter-cyber warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, other countries, China, China and Russia, Russia are yeah. way ahead of us in those. So maybe, like, the FBI really is this this kind of oblivious about someone as powerful and connected as White Rose existing. I mean, all of our, our, all of our best technology people yeah. tend to go either to uh, Silicon Valley or to Wall Street. Like, 
that's where a lot of our talent goes in these right. technical arenas. So right. yeah, and we we also like seeing talent as like oh we can like, like like we I think we've been worried about them shutting down our power grid mm-hmm. and you know causing planes to crash in midair and the idea <laughs> right. that they would just fuck with Facebook and Twitter to get us at each other's throat yeah and and you can do that with five hundred Russians in a building chain smoking and just crap flooding. <laughs> Right, like that's like that. That never entered our. It, it's almost like the, it seems like the Cold War uh, lessons have been lost. You know, <laughs> well, it's like, like, but it's like it's 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 almost like that Monty Python idea of the world's funniest joke. They translate it to German, and you just march around to battle lines screaming this, and like the Germans die laughing. This this <laughs> okay, like like all right, like that sounds ridiculous. Imagine like if you know this this uh, four star general sitting there. It's like uh-huh. a gentleman. We have to. We have to troll. We have to meme. <laughs> right. We have to. It's it's the only way to take down and and we have to meet. So we have to meet Pepe with Pepe. Like mm-hmm. it's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But but it also happens to be the <laughs> the, the cutting edge of cyber warfare. Right. So and that's like you know she's saying essentially Morpheus from the Matrix kind of a real thing and this guy's saying that's stupid. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So. As we said in the outset, this uh, podcast is sponsored by Sonos, uh, and they want us to tell us about the latest addition to the Sonos, how- so- the Sonos Home Sound System, the Sonos One. And you know, you've, you, if, if you've been a longtime listener to the, the Bald Move, at least this year, we've talked about Sonos a lot. How great their home entertainment system stuff uh, sounds! How great it sounds when they're playing your favorite TV shows and your favorite mu- mu- music and movies. Uh, this is the same essentially great sound technology, and now they've added Amazon Alexa, mm-hmm. the easy-to-use voice-activated system. And you might like, what do I need a voice-activated speaker for? Well, oh, I'll tell you, you have not used a voice-activated speaker yet. <laughs> yeah, like if, if you like listening to music or podcasts like I do when you're doing ha- work around the house or when you're brushing your teeth or when you are... Uh, cooking food and your hands are like messy and like you want to turn up the volume a little bit or you want to pause or you want to switch to the next track normally you got to clean your hands got to dry them off you got to go walk over to the thing you got to touch it now you can just say alexa next track yep alexa max volume alexa 57 <laughs> percent volume like in, in anything like yeah. like in, you can you can uh uh, order things off Amazon. You can check mm-hmm. the weather. Like you can check the time. You can you can find out how how what temperature do I need to cook this chicken to? You know. Yeah. How's the traffic? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. How long? Yeah. How long do you bake French bread? If you're like it, it's like anything that you can type into a Google search or mm-hmm. you can order online or like it's it's just it 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 works really just naturally. Like you don't it have does. to like think about how you phrase it. It's really cool and there's like all kinds of stuff that like kid like you know like my son loves to like have it like tell him jokes and play games with it um it's just uh, really cool technology and the thing is is like if you've used a voice assistant on your cell phone i promise you this is better because it's a dedicated i don't know what about the size or the equipment but like i've always had problems with my phones getting it to understand my mush mouth this thing <laughs> it's it's essentially flawless yeah it probably has a better microphone built in i'd imagine Probably um, probably understands what you're saying a little better. Uh, the other thing you could do with this that is specific to this show is you can participate in some of the ARG stuff that's going on. Like Mr. Robot has ARG elements specifically for uh, the Amazon Alexa stuff, yeah, um, which integrates and lets you play like this choose your own adventure sort of thing. Or it, it did. 
um, when the episode was airing and shortly thereafter. Mm -hmm. If they do more stuff like that, you can participate in that with some Alexa device. Yeah, and as a free benefit, you also pipe everything you say directly to the NSA and to Dark Army. Well, benefit? I mean, you know, it's like it's going to get to them one way or another. (laughs) That's true. Might yeah. as well just like, hey, nothing to worry about over here. Just, just, yeah. just turning up my volume when I'm brushing my teeth. It looks good when you voluntarily hand over. Yeah, your totally, totally. Yeah. They like, they, they like it. They like it. Like, like Elliot would not have an Amazon Alexa, but you know, Elliot's uh, a heroin addicted, maladjusted. <laughs> That's true. Uh, person who has no control over his life. Is that what you is is that what you want to be? What, uh, the NSA might look the other way when you're torrenting the Mister Robot files, right? Uh. And they're going as to have long as to. you provide the Alexa data. The, and they're going to have to because you're about to commit theft. You're about to <laughs> steal this product for 10% under its list value. That's true. Uh, and I don't think it's theft because Sonos is letting you do it. Jim, what does that offer? Uh, right now, Sonos is offering the listeners of Tubit Encryption the Mr. Robot podcast. 10% off one order of $2,500 or less for any products on Sonos.com. Uh, it's available for a limited time only, and you can't combine it with other discounts or promotions. But if you go to Sonos.com and you use the promo code ROBOT10, that's capital R-O-B-O-T-1-0 at Sonos.com, you can receive 10% off your order of $2,500 or less. Uh, Jim, if they, t- if they took advantage of that Sonos offer, uh, could they say, Alexa, sign me up for club? Baldmove.com. I think you just signed like 50 people off for the club by Sweet. saying that. Sweet. Sweet. Anyone in Alexa, make a donation to Bald Movement on the order of $200. <laughs> 300 bitcoins to our PayPal. That doesn't even work. Uh, but but the reality <laughs> is uh, we we the, the only the only reason we're doing a Mr. Robot podcast, well, I mean, we... we, we we watch Mr. Robot for free. We podcast for money, and we we do a lot of podcasts. Like if you heard our our our, uh, our our housekeeping, we released like thirty-seven podcasts last week. We worked all weekend long. The only way we can do that is because this is our this is our main source of income. Um, and if you go to club.baldmove.com, you can keep us afloat. You keep us independent. You keep us telling telling it like it is, giving you the podcast the way you, you are accustomed to hearing it. Uh, you get a bunch of bonus features. We talked about the uh, first run movies that we do, like f- the the Thor review. We talk about quips, uh, our, our uh, quit your pitching comedy podcast. Uh, we did an Empire business last week where we talked about this is the thing. Like you want to know where your hard earned money is going, right to our pocketbooks and to our liquor shelf and also <laughs> our bandwidth bills and all that stuff. Like we 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 kind of run this fully transparent as a personal experiment, so you can kind of see the fortunes rise and fall of Bald Move. If you're interested in that, if not, there's got to be a feed, ad free feeds. You don't have to listen to me drone on and on about this again. Go to club.baldmove.com to get the full pitch, free 30 day trial. For signing up, try it out, club.baldmove.com. All right, let's move on to Elliot coming home after the work party. He and Darlene take Flipper for a walk, during which they agree to a vengeance pact, which I assume would include Flipper, right? <laughs> if Flipper dies or either one of them die, Flipper's got to go after I'm him. worried about Flipper. Flipper seems like he's being <laughs> neglected again. Uh, is he? He got walked. Did he? Yeah, he was, he was on this walk. Oh, but I'm saying, like, at the end, Darlene, like, you know, Flipper is in distress in the apartment. She comes in, leaves her photo. And yeah, that's true. Everything means nothing to me, mm-hmm. dog. I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, and we know that Elliot's going to be gone at least for the weekend, yeah. presumably. Uh, so Elliot apologizes also for pushing Darlene away. And apparently Darlene's coked up. Darlene's just eight ball out of her mind here, uh, which I guess is good for staying awake. Not so good for your paranoia. 
not so good for a lot of things. See, but like if I if I am correct in that she's slowly assembling her escape path here, she could be lying about that to cover mm. the jitteriness of her telling lies. Yeah. And and to someone that's very close to her that would might be able to smoke it out otherwise. Okay. Maybe so. I mean, under constant because FBI surveillance, it's tough to get coked up. That's what I'm saying. So we don't... It's pretty impressive if she could. Right, right. Uh, okay, Dom and her partner talk about the video and why this guy was so easy to find. And her partner asks why this guy surrendered instead of following the Dark Army MO of blowing his head off, which I think is interesting. Um, it's because... I, I mean, he should be drawing the conclusion everything is screaming red alert, red alert. They wanted you to catch this guy. Uh, but this guy's so dumb. I don't know. Dom makes a connection, though, so that's good. Right. And then we go over to Darlene following Mr. Robot, and he sees him meeting with Angela before they get in a taxi and drive off. Uh, at the beginning of the scene... Man, they, the, they, they teleported once once they got into this the subway station. Yeah. Like, they were one staircase ahead, and suddenly they're across the tracks and out the other yeah. door. Like, okay, this confirmed interdimensional travel. Yep, for sure. Mr. Robot <laughs> has a portal gun. <laughs> Uh, I thought the beginning of this scene is interesting because uh, Darlene is downloading a movie called Shazam, which is not actually a real movie. Um, mm. It's it's this Mandela effect where everybody thinks they remember a movie from the 90s starring uh, Sinbad where he played a genie, but it doesn't actually exist. Right. And it's it's you can go on Snopes and you can look it up. Yep. It's not a real thing. There have been doctored images to make you think that it is. There's you, this collective, I, like, oh, well, Shaq played Kazam, or he was a genie. Uh-huh. Uh, and then people just, like, swap his face, I guess, right? No, in I, their minds. What's funny is, like, this is the first Mandela effect that actually got me. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I don't remember seeing The Berenstain thing got me. Like, I thought it was spelled the other way. Ha. Huh. See, I didn't. Like, I, I, I didn't. That, so, and, you know, obviously, the. Do you know why the. Did you explain why the Mandela effect is called the Mandela effect? Uh, I actually don't know. Because like, it, it's like there is. Um, the first time, I guess, it was identified, there was, like, people, when they found out, like, Nelson Mandela won a Nobel Peace Prize, they're like, what the fuck? He was dead. I remember seeing news articles where Nelson Mandela died. Huh. And, you know, people like when they were, were or when they get confirmed, like with the truth or like when they find out died, like, oh, he's he he was he was still alive because he just now died. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I haven't fallen for any of those. And the, the Shazam one got me because, like, I feel like, yeah, like I did see sin. <laughs> plus, it, but I think it's like it's one of those things where, like, Sinbad is kind of, you know, Arabian Nights kind of name. And right. then, like, right. he does, he did do a lot of those silly type movies and the Shaq, you know, like Shaq. And there were genies sometimes in the Sinbad movies that he definitely wasn't in. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, like, the association gets fuzzy and then you remember that there is a Shazam. Right. So, I, I, I thought Which that there was wasn't, pretty clever. Actually, there, wasn't. there was there Kazam not, with Kazam. a genie. And it's it's starting to wrap into itself because for college humor, Sinbad had did did. Oh, fuck. Have you seen this? No, I haven't. Yeah, seen they it. recorded a bunch of like uh, directors cut scenes for Shazam. Okay. So now, like, I feel like ten years from now, no one will yeah. doubt that there's a Shazam because they won't get the fact that like college humor will go out of you know go bankrupt and no, Snopes will still be around to debunk it. Snopes will, but but you know Snopes is already like there's already they're under an insidious attack for being fake news as we speak. Oh so, boy. 30-some percent of the population doesn't believe them anymore. Hmm. 
because nothing's real and nothing makes sense. Maybe the we're Chinese all, like, government should go after Snopes. We're and just all yeah, place a bunch of fake articles there. Yeah, like yeah. you know, plant some child porn on their servers and uh-huh. get them taken down. Yep. All right. Um, I just think this, it's funny that the site that I remember first like cataloging all of the weird urban legends about the uh, the Magic Kingdom is now like a bastion of truth in the world like uh-huh. like a, a for investigative journalism and reporting yeah it's a weird twist yeah all right angela finds out that the backup shipments have been rerouted all over the country and tells tyrell he's incredibly pissed about elliot's sabotage and the accelerated timeline that uh, white rose implemented and angela tells tyrell that they can still get this done if they move the paper records over the weekend and get elliot removed from e-corp and tyrell's bl- laying all the blame on mr robot and tells him that He's taking over the operation, which causes Mr. Robot to choke him and threaten him. Uh, and then that sort of glitches out. Mr. Robot and Elliot comes out. And yeah, what's she, up with that? He briefly sees Angela uh, and Tyrell before he's sedated. Uh, I don't know. This is where the lines... You know, I, I still feel like they're playing by these ground rules that they've set, where if we see Elliot... It's Elliot. If we see Mr. Robot, it's Mr. Robot. It's definitely but, Elliot, but I'm saying, like, what do you think it's him doing? Like, I don't is know Elliot why it's not capable of physical violence? Is I'm that not what, sure. Is that yeah. what caused him to break down? Yeah, I think a lot of stuff has been weighing on Elliot about this 5-9 this stuff. Um, it's the collateral damage that he's talking about. Uh, you know, people dying, this building potentially blowing up and killing more people. I think all of this is causing Elliot to second-guess the plan which we've seen over this season um and yeah it's starting to i think maybe affect him in ways that he doesn't quite get uh ways that he didn't expect mm-hmm. and ways that mr robot didn't expect you know because that's that's the thing here like elliot has arrested control from mr robot in this this heated moment yeah um, accidentally it's not like uh-huh. it's not yeah. like he was struggling for it it's just like just popped out of the... yeah, and so much of this is subconscious right like, yeah how when Elliot doesn't choose to turn into Mr. Robot, Mr. Robot at this point doesn't choose to come out or or go away. It would be interesting because like if Mr. Robot can't commit physical violence, that's a huge limitation on him. Sure. Like yeah. if like the second he goes to slap somebody or ch- choke somebody or shoot somebody, uh, mm-hmm. Elliot r- can can reassert control that that puts a lot of interesting limitations on the Mr. Robot character. I'm not saying that's that's what's happening. Sure. But yeah. it is it is something I want to point out. Yeah, and I. I guess I didn't quite expect the reaction from Tyrell about finding finding out about Elliot's multiple personalities to be so severe. Mm-hmm. But I guess when you combine it with this sabotage that's been happening, um, it, it's totally believable. You know that this disillusionment combined with uh, treachery, uh, betrayal would cause this uh, this guy to think that Tyrell that, that Elliot is no longer the god that he was expected to be. Right on. Um, and I thought also thought it was ironic that Angela is using the sedative for the exact opposite reason that Elliot told her to, um, to I don't know, knock out Elliot here instead of Mister Robot, mm-hmm. which we we knew Elliot was or we knew Angela was on his side, so it's to be expected. Kinda, yeah. I, I mean, in as much as you can know anything on Mister Robot, yeah, I, huh? It's, I'm not sure. Because I, I said I, I get this distinct impression from the first episode that she's placating Mister Robot, but really serving Elliot. I mean, maybe, but she's also serving White Rose. That that's one yeah, thing that that's I'm certain keep, of. Yeah, every time you say that, I'm like, shit, you're right. 
Yeah, I mean, she is part of the Dark Army at this point. So in as much as they want Stage 2 to go off, so does she. So I guess Angela's on her own side. Yeah. But she's trying to protect... She is trying she's to protect, trying to protect Elliot. Elliot in a way that I don't think she is trying to protect Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. She's trying to... You know, this idea that she's managing him is not just to so that's, get that's, Stage that's, 2 that's, to go. It's to keep him safe. So I'm going to try to go forward uh, analyzing things from that prism, that she is working for White Rose's purposes, but she does want to protect Elliot. Yeah. Okay. I think that makes sense. Okay, so Darlene meets with Dom at a bar, and she wants to have a normal human interaction, which means Dom has to buy her a drink and divulge a whole bunch of personal information. And she guilts Dom into playing along. Then she says they're playing the game her way without a wire, and it's going to cost her her brother. Um, This scene feels like social engineering. Oh, yeah. Top to bottom. And I can't believe that Dom doesn't understand that. It, yeah, because like even I didn't have to have go to Reddit to see this. I'm like, oh, really? You yeah, want to know your hometown? Uh-huh. Want to know your brothers and sisters? And the, so like that. Those are those are password reset questions. Right. What was those the, are... the model of your first car? Yeah, Dom? yeah. What are the last four <laughs> loans you took at? And what was the right. the amount of them? Like it, it's it's yeah. So I that's what I'm saying. This is the next piece of the puzzle where mm-hmm. she has given up her identity. And made memorable situations so people can say, "Oh, she was acting behave, you know, acting strange and erratic." She is now getting what she needs to steal the identity of an FBI agent. Um, for what purpose? For what know? purpose? Like earlier in this, we see her looking at flights. Was it Bali? Is that where Cisco wanted to go? Uh, Singapore? Maybe I don't remember the place. Uh, but you know, it's like we see her looking at flights, and like, it's, it's, and and now she's like, hey, you know, my way is no wire and no direct control. Like, I, I <laughs> feel like she's she's getting ready to disappear. Yeah. Now I don't know how that harshes her relationship with with Elliot. Mm-hmm. I guess if the only reason they're not picking up Elliot right now is because she's working for them. Yeah. And, and buying him time. If she just like boned out, I'm sure the FBI would pick him up this next second. Yeah, sweat him. You gotta, you gotta try so it. So maybe that's what she'll, she'll see. He'll see this as a betrayal in retrospect. Yeah. All right. Terrell asks Irving to move the date, uh, to move, move it to a later date because he's not ready. But he says it has to happen on Monday. Tyrell complains that he lost his god partner, so Irving tells him that Elliot wasn't the god. He is the god, and he needs to finish the job, which inspires. An idea in Tyrell, but he'll need the full force of the Dark Army to accomplish it. And if it works, he requests that he be allowed to go to the Ukraine with his wife and child, which Irving says, yeah, I'll, I'll look into it. Okay, I'll see what I can do. Yeah. Uh, knowing full well that they're dead. Well, his wife is dead. His mm-hmm. child is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting. I, I don't know... I don't know if people are necessarily picking up on this. I know Reddit has, but for casual viewers, the reason they're going on Monday is because White Rose wants to go ahead with the plan on the, I think on the day or very shortly after the um, the UN vote comes in, right? Right. On, on this, uh, this Congo thing. Yeah. So that's the accelerated timeline. And I feel like this is where White Rose starts to get sloppy. Mm-hmm. When it, when she starts to make it personal, when she starts to use Cause, cause accom- part of the plan as a spite, they might accomplish it and get it done on time. But will be as elegant. Will the tracks right. be as well hid? And this, I think, is will her Elliot, weakness. Will Elliot be a part of the project? And to what extent is that critical to her? Because it sounds like he's getting frozen out. Yeah, 
What does he need the full force of the Dark Army for? My, That's the biggest question I have. Because my assumption is the Dark Army is more or less the mask-wearing goons that kill people. Yes. I think he's wanting to order a hit on Elliot. Uh-huh. But there's no way White Rose will sign off on that. I mean, she although she's yeah, fine I, with killing Elliot if, she, she if the plan is over. So if she's convinced that the plan, may, maybe she will. Maybe she will. I know it's not going to work. But I know it's not going to work either. Yeah. I don't know how Elliot stops it because he's his talents don't lie in that direction. No. Uh, like, you know, if you send four goons with masks and submachine guns after him, I think he's going to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and this is obviously the scene we were talking about where uh, Irving lies to Tyrell, tells him what he needs to hear to keep him going um, mm-hmm. about his wife and child. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to say about this scene. Okay. Ready for the Angela and Philip scene? Yes. Uh, Angela asks Philip to fire Elliot. He agrees to do it. Then Elliot tells Mr. Robot that they're good to go, and then he needs to stay at her place for the weekend. Mr. Robot worries about Elliot uh, seeing her and Tyrell together, which he thinks is a big deal. I think is a big deal, too. Uh, Angela says she'll handle it and then gets a message from Irving that says they'll be ready to go on Monday. So Tyrell that, has figured something out that has convinced Irving. And the look on her face is not like, oh, thank God. You know, like when they she gets confirmation no, that worrying. things. Yeah. Um, I don't know what to think about that. Also, if there's there's on the the TV in the background, the one of the the Chiron crawls says that recent evidence links F society attacks to Iran. <laughs> so already it's already happening. Already working. Yep, yeah. Yep. The official story is being slowly manipulated away from the truth. Yeah. Um, so this is a scene that we were talking about earlier where Philip would essentially be signing his own death warrant if he were to fire Elliot at this point. Um, we know that he's he's hep to what's going on here with White Rose and Angela. So How's he going to stop it? This is happening Monday. I don't know how he's going to stop it, but certainly he's not going to play along. Right, mm. he's not he's not just going to fire Elliot, thinking, "Yep, that's what Angela wants." Well, but so here's, here's one gets. way to interpret his state, his the viewpoint. One is, I'm I like I'm not sufficiently cowed by White Rose. I'm angry, uh, and I'm going to try to thwart her plan. Still, she has not signif- She has not still significantly de- demonstrated her power over me. So fuck her. Mm-hmm. The other is. Okay, White Rose slash Zhang is a lot more scarier than I gave them credit for. I'm really afraid I should do whatever they want. If he just pointedly told me that Angela works for him, so she comes up with some weird request and says, I can't explain it, I better back it. Mm -hmm. And you are going all in on the former and not the latter. I am, because I think think White Rose made a mistake, um, or Zhang made a mistake when he told Philip, just to stick it to Philip, that he's got Angela in his pocket, um, and and that his you know success always comes follows his own. I, I think that is such a slap in the face to Philip that Philip is maybe not smart, but certainly understandably justified by striking back in whatever way he can. Mm-hmm. And this is a moment where he can do it, where Angela and therefore White Rose is requesting something of him. Mm-hmm. He's got the leverage here. He's got the power and. If he were to fire Angela and revoke all of her access, does that change the plane at all? Does that make it so they can't just go in and fix the shipping manifest and get everything shipped? I have no idea. What if idea. he fires both of them? I, I don't know. I don't think that Angela is as in, 
I think Angela's important to White Rose in so much as that she allows them to control Elliot. Sure. But I could be wrong on that. Maybe Angela has... Because they've always they've been telling us Angela's special and more than just her relationship with, with Elliot for, for all of season two. Hmm. So maybe she's got something... Like I, I fuck I mean, man, I don't got, know. Like it's like I just watched Stranger Things last weekend. I'm wanting to plug in. Like you know, her and Elliot are experimental twins, and she's got like she's the Princess <laughs> oh, Leia. That she's a Jedi. She doesn't even know it yet. And but Elliot's been trained to be a Jedi by his father. And I yeah, fuck. I don't. I don't know. Like it. Maybe they're hmm. they're 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 super powered or something in some way. And Angela's just now coming into her own. I was just going with she has probably the access required to adjust the shipping. There's that manifest. too, sure, sure. <laughs> That's as far as I was going with it. Uh, but sure, if you want to go to Secret Wonder Twins, why not? I yeah, form of an ice bucket. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Angel's going to be a giant eagle. It's going to be cool. Yeah, I, I just don't see Philip rolling over on this um, when he knows that Angela is in White Rose's pocket. Yeah, I'm trying to think as. Looking back to that conversation where White Rose overtly threatened, like did he look cow? Like I felt like he was pretty inscrutable. You could yeah. you could read about anything onto it. I think he was shaken, but he's had some time to recuperate and and collect his thoughts. And I think now he might. I don't see how he fucks. Fuck I don't see thing. how he fucks the plan hard enough to matter. Yeah, I don't either. But certainly he can't. He can't just play into it either. That would be even more foolish um, okay. than to try something. I suppose. All right, and the final scene, Darlene packs up her bag, leaves the family photo on Elliot's shelf, and takes off. Uh, you think Darlene's really leaving this time? So, you know, uh, shall we consider the Darlene plane crash theory? Uh, Do you have a handle I on suppose, that? No, I suppose, I, no, that's the one that I specifically avoided because it sounded insane right off the bat. I'm like, plane crash, Darlene, she's not on a plane. I know there was the the flight stuff but well here's the thing like there's been a lot of airplane imagery around her like when she went into cisco's apartment early on in season two she was standing right underneath a model airplane um okay and there's a scene where she's meeting trenton's family and one of the kids is in the foreground why her mother mother is arguing with trenton and like she's in the mid-ground darlene is in the background slightly out of focus and there's a kid that's playing with an airplane and they're making a right in front of darlene and in, in, in the the camera's eye okay and then when she loses her shit in the bat the the bathroom there is a picture of an airplane on the bathroom wall Combined with I I didn't I wasn't able to play because uh, I wasn't able to place the scene but there was a scene I think from a flashback earlier in this episode of her or earlier in this season with her dealing with uh, Elliot uh, planning the the five nine attacks where she's standing underneath a red like security light bulb which you know if if, if you're new to two bit encryption it's something we've been covering a long time but there's a thing on the show where red lanterns equal death yeah. Uh, red lights equals de- equal death, and it's been a pretty pretty firm pattern. So s- the fact that she's looking at airline reservations now, I think there's a way to take that she's going to fake her death as a way to get out of this, and mm-hmm. then like okay. be, like like you know she'll be gone, but maybe she comes back in a later season or maybe later this season to to help Elliot or save the day. I I don't know, but there is a lot of there there for this theory. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of consistent airplane and crash imagery with her conspicuously researching flights. I don't know. I think there's there's something to it. I'm kind of a fan okay. of the Darlene 
airline crash theory. All right. I guess these things aren't mutually exclusive, but my personal idea of what she's about to do is go after Angela in some way, which leans into the idea of losing her brother, right? If if Angela is important to Elliot and Darlene takes down Angela in some way or connects her to this whole plot mm-hmm. um, to where the FBI takes her down, th- that could certainly cause her to lose Elliot. Right. Because, um, I, I, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, early on in this episode when she's like um she goes to to Elliot and he's all angry about this thing um he he says look the best lead we have is me because he's Mr. Robot and so she follows she follows Mr. Robot to where Mr. Robot meets with Angela so now Angela is the new best lead hmm so i think following up on that one would be smart of her hmm okay. if if she is in fact not just running not just bouncing right which I feel doesn't like she, seem very Darlene to me. I uh, but, but given, uh, like, it's significant that she goes to put the photo back. Yeah. Like, to me, this is, and everything is, as everything means nothing to me, implies a person washing their hands of a situation. Mm-hmm. Or putting themselves in a position to rid themselves of these. I, I, or just blanking it and saying, I'm going to do what I got to do, and I know there are bad consequences, but everything means nothing to me. Okay. Yeah. That's kind of how I was interpreting it. Um, Either way, it seems like a grim portent. Yeah, no, it's not good. She knows she's about to do something that's going to cost her. Um, What that is, we'll find out soon, I guess. Right. And that's the end of the episode. Okay. Do we have some feedback to do? We do. Uh, first up, Audrey from Toronto. Hey guys. Oh, so we last week we on the 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 tot dab scale we asked if like there's any people with economics or financial experience. Guess what? We caught one. Says I run a small Philip Price financial tech startup. <laughs> so background: financial crisis in 2008 precipitated an ejection of just yeah, Philip Price. Uh, just shy of a trillion dollars from the Fed. Many conservative economists opposed this move, fearing that such a large infusion of liquidity could cause massive inflation. Almost a decade has passed and inflation has been diffuse, proving these economists partially wrong. Suck one, it, economists. <laughs> one possible reason is that if this that this is the United States bailing itself out, i.e. recirculating its own purchasing power throughout the U.S. economy. In season two, we find out that the CEO of E-Corp leveraged his company's crisis both into $2 trillion interest-free loan from the Chinese Treasury, but also a regulatory concession allowing them to conduct lending and e-coin in the United States. Perhaps $2 trillion being re-injected into the U.S. economy from abroad could create an inflation problem. Hyperinflation of the kind that causes produce and dairy, such as apples and milkshakes, to skyrocket in prices led economies to abandon one currency in favor of another in the developing world. It's usually the local currency being ditched in favor of the U.S. dollar in these cases. Hmm. The macroeconomics at play in Mr. Robot universe do seem to be the, the types of dorm room Marxism or Esmail saying this is the U.S. getting its comeuppance for the global economic its global economic imperialism or something to that effect. Which, not to imply that I don't love it in its own way, in any event, cryptocurrencies driving out fiat currencies is the kind of thing you would need major financial institutions and the U.S. Fed to get behind in order to occur. And that was justified by, in the plot by the E-Corp CEO meeting with the Fed and Treasury heads in Season 2. Mm-hmm. So I think what she's saying is that the difference in like the bailout that we're talking about is that the $2 trillion came from an external source. Right. But I do feel like if I'm and if I'm mischaracterizing your 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 comments, Audrey, feel free to follow up and correct me. She does seem like that 
a lot of this is very simplified and and still like it but like there's a scene of this guy hauling like this junk freighter with a 10 speed down a road while you know there's trash not being picked up and it, it's just you know it's weird gas is like through the roof but a lot of people still driving in new york like where are they going to mm-hmm. like why why are these streets still crowded and busy it doesn't seem like people are on like any kind of gas ration or you know like this has got to be hitting this has got to be really hitting people in the pocketbooks and yet the applebee's equivalents are still jumping and people are still presumably buying 13 dollar milkshakes i don't i don't get it yeah you know uh, what i'm saying like if apples are 25 dollars, <laughs> who the fuck is buying them you'd right. be buying like fucking cat food and dog food and like you know you're trying not to starve not splurging on luxuries yeah buying bread yeah uh, she goes, the most unbelievable thing to happen in this whole show is an American CEO being given, being allowed to give a speech at a goddamn G20 event and accuse China of conducting a currency war. <laughs> in 2017, that just flies right by our top dab radars because a guy who once played a businessman on TV is the U.S.'s president and had said some way crazier shit at a U.N. Uh, a meeting just a month prior. And guess what? It flew. It flew. <laughs> it flew. Yeah. So, I mean, I, Philip Price was not duly elected by the people. I mean, that's the, right. the, the one big difference. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I never even noticed the fact that, yeah, they just had, like, you know, Steve Jobs, you know, like, scolding the Chinese at a government, like, like at a meeting of yeah. all the most powerful governments in the world. <laughs> you know. Uh, Noah from Bakersville, California. I have a theory that Krista is a third personality within Elliot. I, I almost didn't read this. But one, we didn't have a lot of email this week. And two, the therapist is another personality within Elliot. Two, there's actually a decent amount of evidence. Oh, boy. The confrontation between Tyrell and Elliot in season two, where Elliot tells him, You're only seeing what's in front of you, not what's above you, is a very un Elliot thing to say. The assumption was Mr. Robot was in control. But in the last episode, season three, episode three, Mr. Robot has no idea what Tyrell was talking about and called him crazy for it. Mm-hmm. Elliot's therapy session with Krista in season three, episode two, felt way off. First, uh, his um, dependent personality disorder is an extremely rare condition that requires specialized training to treat. It's highly unethical and dangerous for Krista to attempt to hypnotize uh, Elliot. There's no way Krista would open her house to Elliot, who, by the way, is an unstable felon. The room felt very weird, too. The furniture wasn't right, the red books, the way Mr. Robot fired off that Freud quote. I'm betting that entire session and possibly others with Krista were a complete fabrication. Though Krista is based on a real person, I don't believe she continued to see Elliot after the fallout of season one, possibly even after he told her the truth about hacking her. Hmm. So this, every every Krista, so Krista's not a figment of his imagination in the same way that Christian Slater is actu- is based on his father. But right. the theory here is we're going to increasingly understand that Krista is this because this has been a theory on Reddit too. The fact, like the, the evidence here of Mister Robot not remembering things that it seemed like he said that there's this mysterious third mm-hmm. persona. Could Krista be that third persona? I suppose that's interesting that that Krista would be the part of him that's trying to understand what's going on, and also like he he i didn't read it because i didn't find this particularly compelling but now that you said it um also there's it's kind of significant that he would manifest a, like a more motherly understanding hmm. persona to combat the like relentless demanding father persona that he has manifested hmm. so that kind of yin yang in that way potentially um to what end is like krista going to be the one that fights for elliot 
or like Elliot's like you know like Mr. Robot's the one that fights for his his not better angels, and Krista's the one that's going to fight for his better angels. There's I don't no, know. I feel like no Elliot predictive is that power. One. That's that's the problem. But, is that yeah. there's very little predictive power to this theory, mm-hmm. but it's got some decent evidence um, that like yeah, we don't she's not out of practice anymore. Why would she keep seeing this felon? That's that's dangerous and did yeah. Like, you know, I, I don't know enough about therapy to know how much of that those assertions are right, but it seemed correct to me. Uh, Jen H., after watching the first episode of season three, I decided to go back and watch the series from the beginning to try to catch stuff I missed. I know it's an exercise in futility, but what the heck? I discovered two things that I want to get your thoughts on. One, one of the things I loved about the first season was its humor. For example, when Angela's boyfriend tells Elliot he thinks it's awkward between them and Elliot replies, I'm OK with it being awkward between us. They moved away from that in season two, which I kind of understood since he spent most of his time in prison or an alternate reality. I kind of hoped that they'd bring it back, but I, they haven't. I haven't seen it yet. Your Come thoughts? on, you didn't appreciate the Seinfeld stuff. That was pretty funny. I, and I, the him <laughs> using a mute button on the room. Yeah, I mean that's the not- Soylent references weren't good enough for you about the guy shitting himself. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, no, I'm I'm with you. It's not. I think also it's not super humorous. I think also the 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 rapey guy in the cubicle next to him you're supposed oh, to fuck. you're supposed to think it's funny how Elliot's just like totally checked out on that guy. I can't see funny in that. Yeah, like that's like that's supposed to be the Seinfeld Leon joke of the of the season. It's yeah. not not working for me. But I I think it's there. It's just for one thing, this show is taking an ever increasing grim, dour tone. Yeah. So, like, just like in Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad started off as a like a dark comedy, increasingly became darker and less comedic as it went on because it had to. It's telling yeah. a very sad, depressing story, and you can't just be blah ha ha. <laughs> Uh, also, what happened to Elliot's heroin addiction? It was such a defining part of his season character in season one. I guess you could kick the habit in prison, but wouldn't it be something that should have come back into the narrative as he came back to the real world to manage his crippling loneliness as he did in season one? I think he's got prescription drugs for that's, that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Point. Like, I, I think he's just moved on to a different drug. It's Xanax. Yeah. Is it Xanax or Prozac? Or I don't know what the actual drug is, but right. But they made a big thing of him. You know, I, I think you're maybe it's on the first two episodes or whatever but yeah they they get back to his his drug addiction for sure yeah it's just not heroin this time it's just yeah he's he's got to do things to get by uh and that's uh that's our feedback for this week if you'd like to send more it's robot at baldmove.com not mr robot robot at baldmove.com uh and you can also go down to forums and discuss it there we have a thread for each episode each week you can discuss it with your fellow fans there follow along with us on social media by searching for Bald Move, uh, social media of your choice. And, of course, baldmove.com is where everything's at. Yeah, uh, You can keep up with the stuff there. We got a lot a lot of stuff that's been coming out and a lot of stuff that will be coming out. Still, what are we, like a month oh, month and a half away from, or six weeks away from our kind of traditional midwinter slowdown? Yeah, more AKA than AKA Christmas. <laughs> sure. Not that, because like, I think that's like... It's 100 weeks away, right? 100 weeks? <laughs> that's what it feels like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, um but yeah, we're uh, you know if you you have if uh, just another reminder, we'll be in uh, Huntsville this weekend, hanging out at the Rocket City NerdCon. You can get the tickets at RocketCityNerdCon.org. Uh, if you're in the Southeast, stop by and check us out. We'll be hanging out all day, every day, Saturday and Sunday, doing panels and such. Um, and then we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a great weekend. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya. <laughs>